Hey, good morning, good morning, everybody. Welcome to another Wealth Coffee Chat. I hope you're all well, wherever you are. Good to see you here this morning. Get that camera in focus. We'll see how we go. Hey, good morning. We've got a few of the early birds up and at it already. Good to see you. Friedrich, mate, good morning. Hope you're well. David, good to see you in the house. Luke. And uh, Deb's up and at it as well. Hey, folks, good to see you here. Welcome along. I'll do the quick warm-ups and intros as we get the the marvellous Monday going. Jason Witten's my name. Most of you know that. Uh, and if you don't, well, welcome. Hello. Good to have you here. This is uh, a little morning segment, 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 segment that uh, we usually do mostly. During the week, Monday to Friday, 10 past 8, where we hang out and we talk a little bit about what's going on out in the world of property investing <clears throat> and uh, try and get to the bottom of a few things, fear from fact, work a few things out and uh, maybe have a coffee along the way, get the day started well, started properly uh, when it comes to the world of property investing. So welcome along, folks. If you're there, let us know where you're coming in from. And uh, if you're new, then let us know too. Give us a shout out in the chat. Got uh, Danny here and uh, Tim this morning. Good morning, mate. Good to see you online this morning. Fantastic to have you here. Hey, listen, uh, I thought we might talk about a little bit about something today that uh, is a common, a, common, uh, a common saying, a common thing. I probably gave it away in the uh, headline anyway, but uh, a common thing that I hear a lot of property investors either hear or are told, and um, or it's a it's a bit of a kind of a what do we call it a an urban myth floating around in the world of property investing about capital growth, folks. Tell me what uh, morning, Joe. Good to see you all the way from the Hunter Valley. Hope it's uh, hope you're uh, all good up there or down there from where I am anyway. Tell me in the chat, folks, what is the common misnomer, the comma, the common, the common comment, common comment about capital growth? How long does it take? What percentage of capital growth do you need for your property to double in value, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? What do you hear? Tell me, what do you hear out there in the world of property investing? I've been floating around uh, in this gig for a little while. I've been investing for well over 20 years and coaching property investors uh, for about the same, 20 years plus. And uh, along the way, I've heard a fair few things, folks. But um, what have you heard out there? What what uh, do you hear from the marketplace when they're talking about, yeah, 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 just buy any old property and it'll go up in value? Well, I've heard that a lot. And uh, the other day I saw an article about the idea that, uh, you know, property prices double in value every seven to ten years. So just buy any old property because it's, uh, you know, it's a fader complete. It's an absolute uh, no-brainer that your property prices are going to double in value, right? And uh, that is uh, that's probably something that couldn't be further from the truth uh, when it comes to the world of property investing. So I thought I'd talk about that this morning because uh, it's probably worth talking about how long do the stats, how long does the data, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true, isn't it, Tim? And, you know, often uh, Tim's sort of saying people 
people think you're rich with cash because you own property. Um, and the answer is often, uh, well, <clears throat> often you're not because that uh, your properties are often places of storage, equity, value, uh, and of late, it's been difficult to unlock that that capital to uh, make it work uh, out in the marketplace a little bit harder than it is sitting in equity, un- unlocked equity. Yep. Yep. So the idea is I've heard this, you guys might have heard this, that, uh, you know, property prices uh, double um, every seven to ten years. All right. Now, now that is couldn't be any more misleading uh, than uh, – well, that's a very misleading statement. Not all property prices double. Some go down. Some go up. Some go up triple. Some go fall in half. I've seen. I've seen both. Um, and um, how does it work? How does this statement come to to life in the world of property investing? Well, um, the median and average. All right, averages. What happens is that the world of statistics loves to use median price or average price. And when you look at the data, when you look at the data of, let's say, um, right now we've got 10 million. There's There's 10 million dwellings in Australia, million dwellings. And if you put all of them in that pricing, what happens is that, uh, you know, Every single property, either the the rubbish properties and the uh, unbelievable properties, all add to the number, and you get a certain number. And uh, what can happen, depending on um, depending on how you look at the data, and depending on which way you slice or dice it, folks, then uh, you know you can end up thinking that yeah, property prices double every seven to ten years, or double every whatever, and uh, you go right, that's it. Doesn't matter the quality of the property that I buy. Doesn't matter where I buy it. <clears throat> doesn't matter how I buy it. You know, you know what? Let's let's crack on. Let's get on with it. Um, you know, let's buy anything. And some of the other stats, and I'll sh- I'll show you guys in a minute. Um, some of the other stats as well show some pretty interesting um, data. And if you make decisions based on just that data, then you know sometimes that stuff might. Uh, might be interesting to have a look at the outcome. So let's talk about that today. That's what I thought we were, might uh, talk about property prices doubling every seven to 10 years. Will it happen? Does it happen to every single property? The answer is no. And uh, it's a flawed, absolutely flawed way of thinking when it comes to why you would invest in property anyway, right? The idea, folks, um, the idea, what, what are we looking for as property investors as an investor of any description, right? What are we looking for? What is the future? What do you really want the properties to create for you? And there's, it depends on this, the stages of what you're looking for. What are you, what are you looking for? What do you, what do you really want your properties to create for you in the future, folks? Tell me. Uh, I hear this all the time. I say, what do you want? I want some financial freedom, right? That's so. What does financial freedom mean, ladies and gents, boys and girls, mums and dads? Tell me, what what does financial freedom mean for you and I as property investors? Because, you know, we need to understand that sometime, you guys have seen this, in the future, let's call it 10 to 15 years away, you want some 
Yeah. Um, you want the capital growth for sure, Luke. Um, often the capital growth or the value uh, and the debts uh, play a uh, play a role between the two, right? So we, you know, we'll, we'll we'll buy some properties. We want them to go up in value. That's what we're looking for. Uh, we have our debts. We might have put a small amount of money in, and then we want those debts to go down in value over time because we want that debt to be reduced. Uh, and then our cash flow, which is what happens, our cash flow might be less than our debt, which means we might have to put some money in. Uh, Xavier saying passive income, yes, and we want our passive income to increase as well. And the difference in here, this is your wealth. You can't really see that green is pretty average, isn't it? Let's go. Um, this is our wealth, folks. In here, this is our wealth. You know, that's your wealth in there. You're you're on paper worth a lot of money, like Luke saying there before. Oh, yep. Um, you know, I might have a bunch of properties and, uh, you know, I look, uh, I look on paper that I've got three to five properties and, uh, you know, am I really wealthy? Well, sometimes depending on how you structured your cash flow can mean, or you can feel that you're not. So let's look at this. Let's look, let's just do this. Let's just have a conversation here. Um, most people I talk to, we talk about creating a portfolio of investment properties uh, around the 3 million mark. And that at the moment in Australia, that's between sort of four and five investment properties, IPs, investment properties, right? So let's, let's say it takes time to get that done, whatever, over time. Now, let's just say in 15 years' time, what would be the destination? What would happen in 15 years' time, right? So let's just talk about this. And uh, this is the sort of stuff that, uh, you know, is what the type of thing I uh, make my decisions on. In 15 years' time, not 7 to 10, but in 15 years' time, I'm expecting those properties to be worth double, all right? That's what I'm expecting. Now, does it mean they're all going to double? No, but that's my expectation. I'm giving it a, uh, a very conservative amount, right? So let's just say... Um, the average property, folks, the average property, uh, let's say an average property of, let's say, $650,000 rents for 650 bucks a week, right? Times that by uh, 52, oh, hang on, 650 times by 52 is $33,000. Let's say I've got four properties, times that by four, times that by four, that's 135000 right? So over here, uh, and and follow along because this will make a little bit of sense in a second, right? Right. The acquisition phase, you guys heard me talk about this before. The acquisition phase. So we've got our um, we've got our uh, one hundred and thirty five thousand dollars worth of cash flow, right? Uh, of rent. That's our cash flow. It's not net cash flow, but it's gross cash flow. Now, what statistic that what's the statistics show with rental growth? Well. Uh, over a 15-year period, rental growth um, goes up 50%, not 100%. doesn't double, right? So let's go times that by 1.5, so 202,000. So 202,000 over here, right? 202, could be a bit more, could be a bit less, but let's just say that that's the case, right? So right now, it's 
200,000, 6 mil. Let's say your debt over here was 3 mil. Let's just say the debt was 3 mil, 100%. You borrowed everything, right, on your investments. Uh, and let's say you did five-year interest only, like um, um, so five years interest only, IO, uh, and then you'd done 10 years P&I, okay, P&I. So your debts have reduced over here. Uh, your income has gone up and your wealth has gone up, right? So your net cash flow should be now quite positive, probably between sort of thirty dollars and $50,000 of net income in your pocket after your expenses. Your wealth, you know, let's say that's re- the debt has been reduced, let's say a million bucks. So your, so your debt's $2 million. Uh, and your net worth is worth $4 million, okay? Or your uh, gross, anyway, your gross value. So that's not too bad, is it? That's all right. Nothing wrong with that. Is that possible? Is it possible? Is this, is this even possible in the future? What does the stats show? It certainly won't happen in seven to ten years. Absolute bullshit, right? Anyone who, anyone who tries to tell you that rubbish is off, the, off their rocker. And it needs to be a 15 to 20-year destination journey from today, folks, um, if this is what we want, right? We say this all the time. I've said this forever for so long. The good time Charlie's come along and they're going, oh, my property didn't go up in value. I've owned it five years. I'm like, mate, the conversation has always been ownership for 15 years. Is it linear? No, it's not linear. Like, wake up and smell the roses. Like, Seriously, right? nothing is linear. It doesn't go up every year. Sometimes it'll go down. Sometimes it shits the bed. You know, every property that I've ever owned has gone down in value at least once or twice, sometimes two or three years in a row. What, are you going to cry in the cry in the corner because that happens? No. Right, folks? You're in this for the long term. If you're a property investor, it's a 15 to 20-year journey. How do we navigate the acquisition phase? This is the thing. How do we get the properties that we need to, right? And then how do we keep the bloody things in the consolidation stage? Because if you can't work out how to buy them and then um, you're, that, you're, you're that much of a good time, Charlie, that w- the moment something hard comes along, like the interest rates go up a little bit, you go, oh, it's not going to work. Anyway, I'm a little bit uh, fired up this morning. Anyway, don't whinge about these things because at the end of the day, if you're worried about those things and, and it's going to be a real problem, don't be an investor. Like go and do something else. Anyway, there you go. This is the this is the 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 reality of things. Now, you know, depending on the stats that you look at, you know, all of these, you know, depends on who is uh is is trying to show you what. You know, you think, oh yeah, okay. You know, since 1970, kind of goes up, right? There you go. Like, isn't that good? Okay, fabulous, right? Okay, well. You know, oh, but, but you know, have a look at this. Didn't go up at all. Well, you know, depends on when you buy. I mean, I, I love this stuff. Like, oh, it means that you buy here at the peak and then, you know, you, you measure at this. You know, does everybody buy at the peak? No. Smart people, smart people buy at different times, right? But, uh, you know, who knows? But depending on the data you look at will depend on sometimes your form uh, an opinion or an idea around this stuff. But uh, let's have a look at um, some of the recent statistics, which is pretty interesting. Look at this. This is the thing here. This is the thing. This growth rate, right? Since 1980, 
to 2021. We've had a pretty good run in, in 2020 and 21. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, now, see, see it. You got to make sure you have a look at median, median or averages. Like you know, you got to have a look at those folks when you when you're looking at the the data. But, you know, Sydney, nine years negative growth. Folks, you're going to get negative growth. Melbourne, six years of negative growth. Brisbane, three years of negative growth, right? Average loss, 5%, 4%, 3%. But then the growth period um, over that time, 7% on average, okay? So that's pretty good. 7% calculates into some pretty good growth time um, when you have a bit of a look at it. So, you know, at the end of the day, I don't hold much stock in this stuff, to be quite frank and honest with you folks, uh, because you can just go around in circles looking at data. You can fo- you can always find something to support like a negative or a positive view, all right? What I like to do, what you and I should be doing is thinking about and understanding, you know, what types of property, what locations of property that people would pay more for because you and I would pay more for them. The, you're a person who would desire better property, better living conditions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's what we need to do. And this just came out actually interesting from uh, RP Data, which I thought was quite quite cool. There you go. Uh, the whole of Australia. And this is where, this is the thing, right? This is this is really interesting. Um, so the, the last decade, years to double, right? The years to double, um, all right, years to double. This is some recent data that, that's come out. All right. So uh, Melbourne, uh, all right, years to double for this, the capital cities, averaging across all of them, uh, 14.3 years. There you go, 15 years. Uh, this is for houses, by the way, folks. Um, and then years to double in the regionals, 16. Not too bad still. National average, 15.4. So, this is where we go, oh, the whole of the market took 15 years to double. Did every property in the market double in that 15-year period? No. Depends on uh, who bought what and where and all of those things um, as you go along, for sure. So, but look, check out this. Hobart, you know, doubled in 6.8 years, but Darwin took uh, 16 years. Okay, so it, it averages out, right? Okay, and this is an interesting one. Look, um, low um, when you have a look at um, some low price points, you know, sometimes those low price points can accelerate some values and some capital. Let's go over here and have a look at uh, units, right? Capital cities, 18 years to double, right? Some of them took seven. <laughs> Hobart's the uh, outlier here for the last 10 years. And the regionals, you know, uh, 17.5, a bit faster in the regionals, interestingly, uh, 17.8. So remember we said 15 to 20-year journey. Now, what can make that go faster, ladies and gents, people? Well, you guys know the drill. You know, number one, you buy a good property in the right location. And we talk, you know, you guys know the drill. When we talk about location, you know, where it will where the economics will drive its value and drive its um, interest or drive its um, uh, desirability and the, the type of property, the, the quality of the property. Quality, quality, quality of the property, folks. Anyway, there you go. Will property prices double every seven to 10 years? I don't think so. 
Uh, it's rubbish that anyone says that. Uh, and, you know, the, the most of the stats show that, you know, 15 to 20 years is a good time frame. Now, understanding that's a long damn time. That's a long time, folks. You're dead right. Um, and, you know, Tim's saying, you know, keeping enough cash flow to survive is always a challenge. You're dead right. It's usually It usually has nothing to do with the capital growth of the property um, often. It's to do with the cash flow, folks, right? Uh, and you've got to make sure um, that, uh, you know, that is planned as best you can. Now, we can't all see the future, but, you know, understanding how to create buffers, how to create access to capital, uh, how to how to make sure you, you can fund things that you're doing is all pretty important. That's why you got to hang out and see your coaches and get the strategy down pat. And there you go. Anyway, folks, that's it. That's it. Wealth Coffee Chat done, I think. Let's turn that one off. Put that one back on. The idea, team. I always like to break complicated things down into some simple processes. Uh, acquire some good property that you would be happy to live in. Um, keep it. You know, do your budget. Keep it. And look after it. And you will get a very good economic outcome in 15 to 20 years' time, maybe even sooner. Maybe some of the winds of wealth go your way. Maybe the timing. Maybe you. Maybe the timing you get perfect. Um, maybe the the property is amazing. Maybe you know the property you buy ends up being you know in a location that becomes the next biggest thing. Um, but uh, I can tell you right now, if you don't, if you don't participate, you won't get any of it. <laughs> anyway, there you go. Well, Scotty Chat done and dusted, folks. Thanks for hanging out today. Um, Appreciate all of you dialing in. Join me tomorrow for another one as we do, as we do. Uh, it'll be at 10 past eight. Actually, it won't be tomorrow. You know what I'm doing tomorrow? It's been a bit bitsy the last couple of weeks, isn't it? Uh, tomorrow I'm going down to Sydney. I'm going to go hang out with my son who's down there uh, doing some cool things, doing a bit of climbing. I'm going to meet up with him and go out and uh, hang out. That's kind of cool. Uh, I might be able to do something on the fly, but I think I'll be on an aeroplane. But anyway, I might get one of the team to do Earth Coffee Chat tomorrow. Anyway, there you go. I'm just rabbiting on now. Thanks, folks. Thanks for joining me. Great to have you here. Um, and, uh, yeah, get some coaching. <laughs> yes. Great to have you here, folks. Thanks for joining me today. That's it from me. Adios. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.